Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Val McCarty is empowering Alberta startups through friendships, resources, and opportunities. Currently a moderator and host in the World Referral Network, Val studied at both University of Alberta and Grant McEwen University, Management, Education, and Human Services. When not at work, you can find Val outside with her grandkids or looking forward to the next live jam. Let's join Val for her conversation with Rebel Money founder and CEO, Alexandra Stante. Take it away, Val. Welcome listeners to another edition of Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. The LIBI podcast is supported by Rainforest Alberta and showcases those who are contributing to or supporting the innovation ecosystem in Alberta. Uh, This podcast is published in Google Podcasts and iTunes Store for Apple products. Let me introduce myself, Val McCarty. Podcasting, grant funding, business planning, and networking. These are a few of my favorite things. Helping to get your business why socialized and getting your business funded. And today my guest is Alexandra Stante from Calgary, Alberta. Alexandra is a strategic leader and creative problem solver and regularly challenges the conventional thinking. Wonder why we wanted her on Rainforest, hey? Um, guiding strategies and co-creating exciting new concepts with clear vision and a sense of humanity to deliver results. There's a quote here that I want to add in right now. It is only when ideas are translated into reality and reach the people they are intended to help that they actually start to change lives. And so welcome, Alex. I'm very excited to have you here for this conversation. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure to be here. That's it's welcome, uh, listeners, and grab some people. They're going to want to hear this this conversation. It's it's uh, it's going to be good. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about your beginnings, Alex. Um, like the you know I call it the what, why, and how. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I started off my career. I have a bachelor of commerce with a focus in marketing. Um, which somehow led me to working in wealth management at a bank in their corporate communications team. And it was when I was there that I developed an interest in business transformation and innovation. And I was really encouraged to challenge the status quo. And I pursued more formal training in design thinking and innovation, innovation strategy. Um, I worked on the team that delivered the first Canadian robo-advisor and eventually became a product lead for their in-house mutual funds. So I built their first product strategy and that included targeted approaches to desirable markets. One of them was women. Um, And so my career has sort of been focused in financial services on the corporate side. I've worked in data and AI. I've worked in venture capital a little bit, um, a lot around community building and innovation and strategy. And so that's sort of my background. I've had a few 
learnings around around different industries, but mostly focused on financial services. That's fantastic. Just think of the experiences that you've gotten with that product strategy. Wow, what a fantastic start. So did you always know, I guess it just sort of led one thing led into another. Hey, did you always know you would be an advocate for gender inclusive financial experience? A little bit, hey? You know, I I think that was really a learning curve for me because I am most of my experience has been in male dominated industries. And so if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I was a feminist, I think I would have said no, because of the, you know, that's the F word. But um, I have definitely learned since that you can be a feminist without, you know, burning your bra and and, uh, (laughs) offending, being super offensive. So I would say I didn't always know, but um, I probably always felt it. So it that was a learning curve is like coming to, into my own as a feminist or as a in, in gender inclusion. You betcha. You betcha. Yes, because it is a very controversial topic, you know, very polar yeah. sometimes as well. But yeah, in the middle. It's polarizing and people have a really visceral response when you say feminism. Yes. So uh, it really is something you have to have to, you know, own. Yes. 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 And, and own your version of it. And, and that's the beauty of um, learning to not be polarized and have a conversation somewhere in the middle between the two poles, right? Right on. So uh, listeners, if you want to, definitely as we're talking here and as you're listening, if you want to go to rebelmoney.com, so that's R-E-B-E-L-L-E, money.com, and check out that website. There's something very exciting and wonderful happening. So tell me a little bit about that whole survey from that led from Bank Like a Woman over to Rebel. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've all heard, probably your audience have heard of user-centered or human-centered design. And creating Rebel Money has really been a practice of what I would call gender-inclusive or women-centered design. And... um, the way I explain that is if you've been in the innovation or the startup ecosystem long enough, you know, the first step to nailing your business model is to know your market, to identify their pain points, solve their problems. And that's how we started this work with Rebel was from a place of curiosity. And um, in 2021, I launched the Bank Like a Woman study with the desire to understand how women uniquely experience money and how we can build higher quality targeted financial services with those differences in mind. And so, as we mentioned, I distributed a survey. It uh, went across Canada and spent many hundreds of hours talking to Canadian women uh, um, and individuals, basically anyone who had talked to me um, about... It was was a really... a uh, uh, lived experience um, inquiry and gathering stories around ways that the banks have underserved women or um, excluded them entirely. And so I, I published the Bank Like a Woman report in April 2022, I believe. I can't even remember. But so that report is published on banklikeawoman.ca and you can 
go there and read it. But that work really was what informed the rebel money business model. And so from that, we created a couple of design pillars. Um, So the way that we are delivering rebel is obviously gender inclusive. We know that women are very time starved. So we are building a model that is, you know, very quick, easy, accessible, uh, engaging. And so we will never make anybody dedicate their weekend or, you know, uh, a valuable hour of time to the rebel platform. It's, it's a behavioral science method where we are delivering, you know, very short bits of information that are habit changing and focused on behaviors. So that study informed the business model for Rebel. And I feel like because of that, we've, we really know who our market is. We really know what their problems are. And we really know where they're not being served. Very good. Very good. Um, the, the study, you were saying that you talked to a lot of different women. Any difference, just out of curiosity, any difference from province to province or just seem to be uh, a theme or a thread of information seem to come through no matter where they lived in Canada? That's really interesting. And I would say just in transparency, identifying gaps, we didn't have many women from Quebec, but there were very much there were differences in the ones we did speak with in Quebec because it's a it's a different it it's yes. a different system over there. Yes, yes, most definitely. Yeah, but you know there there is differences in urban and rural people, individuals. You know the the rural banks' attitudes towards banking are a little bit different. But I wouldn't say province. Mm-hmm. That's not a question that I've asked necessarily, but I should look into it. Uh, Outside of Quebec, yeah. No, it was just a curiosity of mine. I could definitely see there being a broad difference between urban and rural. Yeah. Myself, having worked in both, um, mm-hmm. one of the things I've done in the past had to do on the equestrian side, working with uh, horses and cattle. So yeah, mm-hmm. and the rural banks definitely almost have a different business model than the <laughs> urban banks, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they sure do, yeah. And so this survey basically gave you the roadmap to where you're going now. So that's that's really interesting. And the design pillars you mentioned, did you want to talk uh, about those a little bit or like go into them a little bit more? Sure. Um, basically, the design pillars we have formed are, as I mentioned, uh, bite-sized pieces of information. So really, Rebel will be accessible and timely. and um, we will, we respect your time is what I always say. The other one is learn by doing. So it's really based on the um, concept that what one of the things we found was that women don't feel confident in talking about or managing their money. And so the idea behind learn by doing is the baby steps. When you take one little step, it incrementally builds confidence. Um, so learn by doing. It's not about the third one is it's not about what you know, it's about how you behave. So 
we're not focused on education and, and cramming your brain full of knowledge. What we're focused on is teaching behaviors around money and taking action. Um, and then the other, the final one is, um, around gender inclusion. And so as a startup, we are focusing on women. There are initial ICP and eventually we want rebel to be, uh, you know, um, completely gender inclusive. So really, um, building out, um, the model for however individuals identify and being as inclusive as possible. And that includes intersectionalism as well. So great phrase. Can you explain intersectionalism better for us? Yes, absolutely. Um, so intersectionalism is the concept where individuals can identify as a number of marginalized groups at the same time. So one can be a woman, one can also be, let's say, a lesbian, one can also be, you know, a member of the First Nations community, or so there's, right there, there is sort of this intersectional cross section of marginalized communities that one individual can belong to. And so Rebel really wants to be considerate of all of those things. A really great example is um, in credit adjudication. So when you are applying for credit or a lending product, you are evaluated based on an algorithm that the bank has come up with um, to identify the risk they are taking with you as an individual. And somebody who is a woman, that algorithm is biased against women, but it's also increasingly more biased against, you know, another um, marginalized group. So someone who is a woman and a lesbian and a First Nations is uh, experiencing increased bias or more biased than someone who would just identify as a woman. It's, it's stacked up against them, basically. It's stacked. Yeah, it's yep. compounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, okay, I'm glad somebody is addressing that issue. Uh, it definitely needs to be addressed. I'm just quickly looking at um, the website here, and I'm just going to quote something from it. Women's history with money is relatively short. Canada's first bank was established in 1817. But women couldn't open a bank account or obtain a mortgage without a male co-signer until 1964. And so our laws and regulations, uh, governmental laws and regulations, have changed since then. And banking almost seems to need to catch up mm -hmm. in a way, in a way. So one of the things that I'd love to touch on, too, I don't know if it would be changing the conversation or I have a note down here, philanthropy versus investment. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is a really interesting example that I use. And this is probably a really great audience for this conversation. But it's a, it's a great example of the way that women are treated differently around money. And with, um, you know, specifically high net worth individuals or families that uh, have money, it's often 
the men are approached or the, you know, the patriarch is approached for investment, whether that's, you know, in companies or in investment products, the woman or the matriarch is often not included in those conversations. And they are more approached to donate or to organize or to fundraise. And so, you know, a challenge to this audience would be how can you change your perspective? That's a really great way to do it. You know, include women in the conversations. Women um, have been proven to be more prudent investors. One of the misnomers that is out there is that women are risk averse. And that's actually been proven to be untrue. We are just risk aware. So women will, will dot all their I's and cross all their T's and make sure that, that what they are investing in is truly what they think they're investing in. But we are absolutely interested and capable of being great investors. Wonderful. So, um, also in, in our notes here, we wanted to talk about, we've talked about at a bank like a woman, the online results, the distinct marketing opportunities, I think we covered, mm-hmm. uh, the value proposition we covered, the design pillars we covered. I'm trying to think of any questions our listeners might have along the way. <laughs> um, telepathically, listeners, telepathically. <laughs> And we talked a little bit about the, the roadmap and where you're going and the philanthropy versus investment. So important because I know even uh, if there's anything out there that's going to be people think is volunteer work, oftentimes women seem to be paid to do the volunteer work, not paid to do, but asked to do the volunteer work, which I find interesting. Um, I know even... In- yeah. And I think that... Sorry to interrupt you. Um that's one of the things that came out of the study is, is one of the significant impacts on women is their dedication or the expectation that they will do unpaid work. And unpaid work is inclusive of um, domestic duties, of you know, child care, of uh, elder care. So the woman in the family often cares for aging parents. Also, though, volunteer work. So there are many things that can be considered as unpaid work. And volunteer work is one of those things where, again, another challenge to the audience is how can you change your perspective? If you are asking a woman to do something for you, offer to pay her. Because that expectation that someone will work for free is what we kind of need to change. But it's that unpaid care work that is the single most contributing factor to the difference in the way women and men experience money. Yes. Yes, most definitely. Interesting. Yeah, it's even come across in my line of work. People are um, uh, surprised that uh, grant research requires time and effort and that I would actually want to be paid for my time and effort. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of great topics. Let's talk a little bit about what is Rebel. Yeah, so thanks for asking that. I um again, what came out of the work was initially my idea was I'm going to build a bank for women and that was, you know, the the spark the 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 thing that caused the action for me, but in the experience of going through the study and learning about women what I 
found was we don't, women don't need their own bank necessarily. What they need is support navigating the existing financial system. And so what we are building with Rebel is first and foremost, that support piece. So the first piece of Rebel is the advisory model. What are we telling women to do that is different than the default? The financial system, like you said earlier, it was built by men for men at a time when women could not participate. So by default, it was not built with us in mind. And, you know, I always say we're the first, my generation is the first generation of women who are raised by women with bank accounts. And so we are learning from women who are, were just trying to navigate something that they had never been able to experience before. So we're building the advisory model. We're really focusing on what do we ask women to do differently. Um, the second piece of that is community. And so again, with that women-centric design, women really care about safety. And we have to really build something where they feel like they can trust us. And so um, Rebel has to be trustworthy. And we want to surround our users with a community of you know, like-minded women who are going through the same experiences or individuals who are allies or are there to support them. So there's advice, there's community, and then eventually there's product. So we do want to build product. Um, we are pursuing sort of a digital bank or a neobank model where we would custom design products for women um, in our community that we know would carry them through their lived experiences. So those are the three components of Rebel. It will be a digital platform. And, you know, we have some hopefully really exciting announcements to make in the future about partnerships and that sort of thing. And, and, and just in terms of what we're trying to get women to do is, you know, we, we want to support women in building that confidence. We want to support women in taking action and taking ownership. And, um, you know, most especially just getting involved and, and managing active, active management of, of your money. I like those three things. Advice, Community, so important for women and product. Mm -hmm. Advice, community, and product. And so you also mentioned actions. I know we had previously talked about a call to action. Would you like to discuss the call to action now? Yeah. I mean, I think the call to action more widely is that take, take control of your finances, take those baby steps to get to know what you're doing. Um, I said earlier, it's not about what you know, it's about how you behave. And so there's so much around, you know, inherent money scripts or how your parents taught you how to manage money and how you can overcome, you know, anything that's holding you back. So take action, move forward, take the baby steps. But um, in terms of rebel, we um, have been operating in stealth a little bit until now, and we have uh, delivered the initial phases of that 
advice component. So if anybody wants to participate in that, um, I believe I sent you a link to sign up, but an easier way is to just go to the Rebel website and sign up for your wait, our wait list. And I can just keep track of uh, <laughs> who's coming in from this podcast. But we will deliver that advice model to anybody who signs up on the wait list. And, and what that is, is learning and action that any woman should take regardless of their financial uh, status. So um, it's, it's a five-step recommended process for any woman to sort of take those baby steps and incrementally change um, how they're looking at their money. Wonderful. Wonderful. So yeah. yes, I would, any listeners, if you want to take action, just press the button, <laughs> go to uh, rebelmoney.com and uh, click on that button. You'll see it's a wonderful website comes up right away, coming soon. Be a rebel, bank like a woman, join the wait list and click that button and join the wait list. It's, you know, you won't be disappointed. It's going to be a good thing. So I'm uh, just going to go here and check these, the sign-in um, things that you had given me. So if someone needs to reach out to you, they can find you on LinkedIn. Yep. Alexandra Stante. And um, also there's a, a www.rebelmoney.com. So that's R-E-B-E-L-L-E money.com. And also social at uh, Rebel Money. Can you clarify that a little bit for the listeners? Did I say it right? Yeah, we haven't been super active on social, but we do have an account. So uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I do have a TikTok account, but I haven't okay. done anything. But they're all at Rebel Money. So they're that's Money. across the board. They're the same at R-E-B-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-E-Y. Wonderful. Um, my personal LinkedIn, Alexandra, S-T-A-N-T-E. And then, um, yeah, the report is posted on, like I said earlier, banklikeawoman.ca. So if anybody's interested in reading that, it covers, you know, why this work is crucial, you know, why women, women should be considered as a, as a separate market. And, you know, the unique ways women experience money, the, the, the aspects of our life that contribute to, you know, financial differences, that sort of thing. Um, so banklikeawoman.ca. Yes, another very good website. Check it out. You'll be able to maneuver around it very, very well. So this is definitely an added value to our rainforest ecosystem, our listeners, our demographics. Uh, you know, we're all like-minded startups and like-minded individuals with similar values. And the values at Rainforest, trust, diversity, free health. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Oops, volunteering. Uh, pay it forward. Uh, fairness, listening, honesty, team sport, and sharing and role model. And I think you'll find a lot of that in, in the work that you're doing. So no wonder it's such a good uh, match for the rainforest ecosystem. So thank you so much for sharing all of the wonderful information that you have so far. It's been fantastic. Uh, been a great conversation. I hope some women feel a little bit more empowered and a little less anxious about money and all of that and their actions towards money. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. I love talking to you. Yes, thank you. Likewise, likewise. And so again, thank you listeners for, for hanging out with us for the last 20 minutes or so. And definitely check out those websites we gave you. Reach out to Alexandra. Uh, you won't be disappointed either way. And thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next podcast. See you later. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. Going beyond creating custom software solutions, NIM is dedicated to making a positive impact on society, providing opportunities for new software developers to gain real-world experience and contribute to meaningful projects. You get quality, affordable solutions at the same time you're supporting the growth and development of the next generation of skilled talent. Visit newideamachine.com for more info. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>